Hello, and welcome back to my podcast. I am your host, Daria. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the new title. This podcast will now be referred to as ETA due to popular demand. ETA, or E-I-T-A, is simply the abbreviated form of the environmental influences on teenage academics. I would also like to thank all of my new listeners for the support. In today's episode, we will be looking at how family and childhood experiences affect teenage academic performance. Today's topic will be heavily based on one side of a popular argument in psychology, nature versus nurture. Looking at the nurture side, we will be evaluating how our environment affects children in the future. Of course, those on the nature side of the argument would rather look at the genetics of the child. I do not claim a side, nor do I claim that one is better than the other. I'm simply looking at the nurture perspective for the sake of this episode. All of these effects will also vary from each household due to different factors, like sociocultural influences and economical status. I would also like to preface a trigger warning, as some of these topics may be a little heavy on those that have struggled with family matters involving abuse. And with that, let's get started. Family is seen as being very important in a child's life. This is where they will begin to cultivate their social skills, and this is where their first introduction to a wide and diverse range of people in the world will be. Studies show that in a household, the more educated the parents are, the more positive outlook that child has to learn in the future. This could be due to an early exposure or due to the family heavily placing an influence on education for the child. There is also research done by Albert Bandora. His research looked at the social learning theory, which is the theory that new behaviors can be acquired by observing and imitating them. Bandura's research confirmed that children will often base their internal models on the relationship and actions they witness from their caregivers. This theory then suggests that those children who grow up in certain traumatic and abusive environments may go on to replicate that in their relationships later in life. Of course, as seen in recent years, this is no definite case. As more social media evolves and healthy relationships are seen more often, people and children are recognizing these toxic relationships and are working to end that cycle. With ending that cycle and the increase of education for women, the divorce rate has grown tremendously. As more women work, they are able to leave said toxic environments and are not confined to their homes. Divorce, however, can dramatically affect children. Studies show that parents are a child's bridge to autonomy and self-independence. Single-parent homes may lead the child to feel less safe taking those steps towards independence. This may contribute to the now-increased age of self-independence seen in America. Children that used to leave the home at 18 now leave in their mid-20s. Divorce can also affect the way children see their relationships in the future. They may find that relationships are pointless and only lead to heartbreak in the end, or they may believe that love doesn't exist at all. On the other hand, some studies have shown that children of divorced parents are emotionally more stable, as their primary parent has a new chance to build a healthier environment for them. Of course, every situation varies case by case. Future abilities in social and interpersonal areas can be affected by adverse conditions with their parents. Thus comes about the common daddy or mommy issues. It is commonly talked about in a way that makes it overlooked. These issues are trauma and can majorly affect the future. Interpersonal skills are a huge factor of schooling as teens grow and form friend groups. However, this lacking of skills may hinder their school experience. Personally, while my parents never did marry, they separated when I was younger. 
During breaks, I equally split my time between them, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I truly believe it was the healthiest decision and worked out for the best. One interview I held was with a bilingual student who claimed to have very supportive parents. They commented on how growing up in that environment psychologically helped to give them a deeper understanding of academic subjects, which can be seen from the many honors and advanced classes they went to growing up. In another interview, I had the opportunity to talk with a student who had been adopted in her early preteens. Despite not remembering much of her childhood, she was able to speak on how she changed and was given a multitude of new opportunities since the adoption. Even without the active support system in her earlier years, she was still able to uplift herself and her studies, adjusting from a more shy personality to an outgoing one. Again, these interviews are confidential, and thus I will not release their names. As new colleges have begun to expand past looking for good grades and more into community involvement, more parents are seeing the benefits of sending them away to other activities. These parents have been taking a lead on their children's after-school programs. These parents may be overworking their children in an attempt to set them up for success later in life. However, studies have shown that excess activity can do more harm than good. Overworking the children can lead to future problems with stress, anxiety, and depression. A healthy involvement would be involving the children in one or two good activities. However, having back-to-back -back practices isn't healthy. There are many benefits to after-school activities when done properly. Benefits like positive habits of structure and routine, development of interest and a skill, and time management. However, some negatives can come into play when the child is overworked. It can hinder the developing social skills and problem solving, something that is supposed to grow with the after-school program. Personally, I've been involved with multiple after-school activities as a young child, none of which I stuck with besides theater. While I do enjoy theater, I also wish I had stayed with and developed another skill, albeit an instrument or physical activity. Currently, I struggle with sticking to a routine and habits, something I may have been able to develop as a child should I have stuck with said activities. Family and after-school activities have major effects on a teen's academic performance. Family, as the beginning of our cultivation of skills, can affect how we develop later in life. After-school activities also affect the social and interpersonal areas as well. Being able to connect and communicate with others is an essential life skill in today's age, and teens are expected to have cultivated that skill. Of course, some people are naturally shy, while others are more outgoing. Could those personality traits be decided in crucial parts of development? I'm not sure. However, I do believe that it is important for everyone to be able to clearly speak their mind and be able to connect with others in some form. Humans are known to be social creatures, and it is pivotal to work together. I would like to leave you off with a question. Do you believe your life, in school and otherwise, has been affected by a childhood? Thank you for listening.